It's Red Hot Radio. Spice FM 98.8 FM.
Oh, it's the Eye of the Tiger, and why am I so loud? <laughs> Welcome along to, uh, good afternoon, I should say, to everyone who's listening to Spice FM and Met. Oops, sorry, I should turn that off. It's killing me softly, it's just suddenly playing. No, go away. <laughs> Although that song is pretty damn amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, good afternoon, obviously, you're listening to Mentally Sound right here on uh, Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Uh, I'm, of course, Mr. Stephen Hesse, the presenter of the show, along with Oh, my good friend, Mr. Ricky Tamman. Hello, sir. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm all right, man. How are you? Not too bad. Good stuff. I'm really excited to do this show, even though I will point out now, which is probably why I'm going to be flaunt with mistakes, as I've been feeling incredibly sick. <laughs> so um, if if you hear me at some point, my voice going or whatever, although I haven't said that, um, I was going to make the joke of, you know, ibuprofen has sort of helped, but the other drugs are available. Other, yeah, other, <laughs> other, are available. Yeah, other pharmaceutical <laughs> agents are available. Um, but anyway, so yeah, um, a couple of things we want to obviously mention, uh, if you haven't listened to the show before. Uh, this is called Mentally Sound, where the obvious... Uh, uh, implication is it's about mental health and we essentially talk about taboo subjects so that means essentially uh, there may be some things that come up that may be potentially um you know uh, difficult to hear or might not be uh, but the Id- might not be what you want to hear but the the idea is that we have a non-judgmental you know policy here and our goal is to kind of educate hopefully to make people laugh and to uh talk to and interview people uh we have guests on the show to talk about you know sort of the stuff that they do to help people i guess in the northeast in particular and obviously now now that we have a phone line here at spice hopefully that might lead to nationally as well and so that's a little disclaimer that we always have to do at the beginning just to let people know that it might be a little uh <laughs> we always thought about doing a recorded disclaimer but i think when we the way we just talk about it after the intro kind yes. of brings it home more doesn't it it makes mm-hmm. it more authentic no totally um no it makes a great deal of sense um also as well which is one of the reasons we want to have somebody inside the studio to kind of talk about this so we can do googling is we were talking which i'm sure people would have heard and that might be the guy there getting put in jail (laughs) if you heard that police car going past there um is that the there was a guy um holding people ransom at bike uh, job center uh, we don't know much else because we're not a news organization but basically apparently he had um from what i understand it because my bus got diverted and people were talking about it on bbc news and various other things is that a guy uh, got upset in the job center and had a knife and basically was holding hostage five of its staff which then he allowed for them to leave and now he's uh, as of what we know up, to, up until this point is that um uh, basically avoid biker jobs and half an hour because the whole entire street uh, when we came here uh, was completely um, you know um, rounded off with the police so um, obviously uh, go on to BBC's website and various we other organisations yes because it's you know especially around these times um, and also I wanted to ask Ricky because he said this on the way here you got tired because were you up watching the election yeah well, uh, yeah, election fatigue, as it were. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised I'm still in one piece, but uh, thanks to caffeine, um, I'm <laughs> thanks I'm, to caffeine, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm able to uh, function somewhat. But yeah, this is um, a very drug-related show. <laughs> Ibuprofen, some caffeine. Uh, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I think we'll probably get to it in more detail. And I think there's still a lot that we that we that's still to you know unfold, as it were, where it's going to be. You know, it's a hung parliament, so. Um, yeah. So, what were the actual results? I did. All I heard was it was the conservatives got the majority, but like as in the most well, only, seats, but not, but not enough. But, but not by many. Um, yes. They were. They called this snap election on the basis that they wanted a, a huge majority, so the prime minister can go into pre- Brexit negotiations with with a, with a you know a landslide behind her, and therefore take 
take Britain on in a in a in a forward in both post Brexit world, but obviously mm-hmm. Jeremy Corbyn and Labour had other ideas, and, and I think he's he's the star of this election. Um, yeah. Even if he doesn't um, become prime minister, um, you know, forming a you know a heading of an alliance of some sort, progressive mm-hmm. alliance, uh, I still think people will remember this election for for his because um, he defied the odds because it wasn't all that long ago that people were writing him off. Uh, that it was going to be a, a wipeout for Labour, but um, no, mm-hmm. he's, he's. I mean, I was there on Monday night when he came over to Gateshead. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but you know that bank by the Sage. Yes. Um, Ten thousand people made it there and were standing in the rain just to listen to him speak. And mm-hmm. I, I saw people climbing the hill, and I thought that was astonishing. Yeah. I'm not, not going to see the likes of that again. I don't. Think, so. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll see what what happens. Uh, we, we don't want to turn this to elections. No, no, <laughs> totally. I was going to make the joke of you know it's supposed to be like a secret ballot, and I'm not going to say who I voted for, but I didn't vote for the Conservatives or any small other parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that tells you all it you need to know. <laughs> well, um, I'll quickly mention this now because um, I, I I was out with the Psychologist Against Austerity recently. Yes. In Bishop Auckland. Yeah, that's we, interesting. We had a day of action out there. Um, and we we were just we we were cross party. It wasn't as if we were saying no no you must vote for him her that that party this party. It was more just a case of saying um, if things continue the way they are because we we do know. I mean you mentioned the the biker incident. I mean um, uh, when people lose out on benefits and and welfare, it does take its toll on people's mental health and and you know it, it, you know we, we've talked about I think past shows about. You know suicides and, and 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 that sort of thing. So it was just to make people aware of of the, the, to keep in mind in the election that that this this is going on. And, and, and as psychologists, uh, I think they're brilliant. You know they're all, they are on the front line mm-hmm. uh, within the NHS, and and I think they know more about it more than most to 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 um, give people an informed opinion. So. No, no, totally. I think that's a very uh, very accurate statement. And um, I hope uh, to have them on the show. Yeah, and, and as uh, Ricky touched on, we're not really the, 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 this show doesn't necessarily talk about politics because it's a very difficult thing to talk about, and it's obviously very wide, wide ranging, and people have their own views, and we don't want to be, um, it, you know, it, we don't want to delve into it too much because other programs do that way better than we would. But um, but yeah, I just I, I think from just a, from a from a, a generalistic point. Is just um, I really do hope people who are listening to this and do hopefully if we put this online is that um, that people got um, voted. Yeah. Um, it's obviously incredibly important, particularly well, in this time. Well, I this point now. I I did a postal vote. Um, oh really? I, well, I How old it, school? Yeah. <laughs> well, in the in the U, in the EU referendum last last summer and the summer prior, the last general election, I actually with my condition, I actually had uh, anxiety attacks on on the way to the polling station. Um, and I just made that well, well, I want to exercise my right to vote, but mm-hmm. it, it might be a case on the day where I might not feel well. Yeah. So I applied to have a postal vote done, and it's much more convenient. And um, I think anyone out there who has that same problem, that, that that option is out there for you to for you to do and take. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. No, not absolutely, uh, t- totally. And and um, you mentioned about the Bishop Auckland thing because I think the nicest thing for us to do because we couldn't able to do the interview you did is you want to explain what who you were talking to and what organisation he does so then yeah, we can so mention it. So he's, you know, it's cross party. It was um, psychologists against austerity. It's not just psychologists; um, they're an inclusive group, which is why I've been working with them. Yeah. Um, so I, I I put I put together a leaflet that they wanted to give out to people. And we would we had a day of action. If if it if we had more days, we would have gone out to more marginal seats, 
Um, but we we figured out that Bishop Auckland is a is a is, is a crucial marginal area, so we decided to go on to, on on that day, on that location. And people were incredibly receptive. Um, once they came up to us, they told us about their own personal dealings with mental health, and you know people they know, they know close to them um, who have. You know, suffered greatly through um, you know slashing of their own welfare, and it's taken a toll on on their own health. Uh, and we were just saying, well, it doesn't have to be this way. Um, and you know, these guys are compassionate. That that's why I I get into politics because I, I want more compassion in society, and that we do recognise and look out for people um, who are vulnerable and who have had their sort of you know who are on the breadline. Yeah. We talked about you know the bedroom tax. We've talked about food banks. Um, it, you know, it's it's no big secret out there, and we, we we have the biggest food bank in the country just around the corner from here. Again, we've had them on the past show. Do you remember West? End? Yeah, yeah, Western Food Bank. Yeah, and we hope to have them. Again. I think I saw. Um, was it? Um, uh, I, th- I think I'm right in saying was it Isaac Hayden who um, is a footballer football, for Newcastle? Yeah. Um, he was involved in doing stuff. Well, Newcastle United is a scheme. I've got uh, um, a sort of a food bank initiative where. Uh, people going to the match can actually donate food on the, on the way to the, to the ground and, and, and any other. It's not just food, because food banks have become like a, you know, have in the past donated clothes and so forth. So it's like it's it's it's, a, it's an initiative, and they it's sort of a collective between the club and and, and local food banks, which is. Uh, Mm-hmm. Which is great. Yeah. No, no, totally. Um, so yeah. So um, in terms of stuff that's coming up in the show, obviously going to do um, you know so there's going to be adverts and whatnot and some songs. But in terms of who's coming up, we've got Simon and Terence, who is a search project, isn't it? Simon's um, from the search project. Yes, and I think he mentors Terence, who's a poet. Yes, up in poetry. Um, yeah, which is inter- which um, ha- as you mentioned in terms of previous shows, um, poetry is um, uh, poetry is is de- is we've had a lot of poets on before even like right from the beginning so that's going to be interesting to him i'm assuming he's going to do a poem otherwise that would be kind of a bit <laughs> a bit disappointing uh but yeah we have him we obviously have some people representing the samaritans uh, who's that yeah timeside samaritans and yeah, um, we have obviously mental health news on the top of the hour which is going to be done with our good friend steve and um, we actually are going to have three guests on me for this which is going to be interesting we, we we remember when we did this in the old show and it was just a real disaster <laughs> so ricky's going to join next to me and so they can share two mics which is going to be interesting um but yeah so there's going to be a whole lot of stuff in today's show we've got four well five guests technically in the studio today for us um and so now we're going to do um who's up next um it's uh simon ludington's that right yeah from the search project with the port and one of his is that right because i know there was some schedule issues so simon's going to be first is he um simon and terence yeah Cool, so we're going to be joined by them, and I guess uh, <laughs> we should have some like sort of jingle music right now, shouldn't we? <laughs> but yeah, if you guys want to come and sit down, um, whoever's, whoever's going to be first, and then Ricky, you want to move around, um, and that way we can have more chance to talk to you. Uh, sorry, what do you want to, what do you want to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on the microphone, what do you want to say? Steve's just suddenly like, I want to speak. Sorry? Right, brilliant, awesome. Sorry, yeah, Steve's just is uh, really into me that uh, we need to do, we're, we're going to do the same schedule, which is awesome, because uh, stuff happens last minute in radio. <laughs> but there you go. All right, cool. Um, so I guess considering, uh, were you the person who initiated this uh, for them to come? So you don't want to say who's with us? Well, it happened via um, Gareth and Mental Health North Sea, actually. I just got, I got an email. And, I mean, the funny thing is, I mean, Simon will back me up on this, because me and Simon arranged to meet to discuss uh, this, this very uh, radio interview. And it turns out that me and Simon actually work directly opposite each other. <laughs> yeah, in the West we do. End. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so that was funny because you know we could have just met across the road for a cup of tea there. Uh, no swearing or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start attacking each other. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a problem. But no, it's a real delight to have you on, and uh, and uh, this Terence, uh, awesome, and you're a poet. Is that right? Yeah. Awesome. Um, we were just saying before you guys came in is that poetry has actually kind of been on our show quite quite a lot yeah, since we started. Good old dialect poetry. Sorry? Dialect poetry. Dialect poetry. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, we've had all sorts of, uh, of poems on in the... Uh, I, I, I assume you're going to do a poem at some point? I'll do a couple of poems, yeah. That'll be brilliant, because um, we like a bit of creativity on here anyway. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll start with Simon, yeah? So he, you okay. are you part of the um, the Search Project? Yeah, do you want to explain um, to people what that is? Yeah, Search Project is um, a service for older people based in the West End of Newcastle. Um, we offer... Um, advice benefits advice we have a range of activities to keep people engaged in their local community and we have um a service called chain reaction uh chain reaction is um commissioned by the the local authority through, through newcastle council mm-hmm. um and there's three sort of um tiers to chain reaction yeah so we've got preventative which is funded through uh, public health money mm-hmm. and that sort of works with people who are socially isolated um, to get them back into the community. It's a short-term sort of project. Yeah. Um, it would work with somebody for about four sessions, mm-hmm. three to four sessions. Okay. Someone who's just a little bit isolated but can still get about and, and get out into their community. So kind of a, I guess, not to not to downgrade or anything, but kind of like a, a, a pep-up or whatever the right terminology is, like, you know, kind of just giving them a bit of a boost or something. Yeah, giving them a bit yeah. of a boost, getting them linked back into things that they didn't know was there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sort of a bit of introduction as well. Yeah. And then we've got two other levels, um, which is um, foundation, which is about longer term, giving people the support to get back engaged in their community. Yeah. And then um, we've got the life skills as well, which does all of what um, foundation does, but also helps people maintain their own home. Mm-hmm. So it could be things like, you know, um, quite often you find that maybe it's, um a gentleman's been widowed yes. and he, his wife's always ran the home mm-hmm. so um, he hasn't got the skills he, he doesn't really know much about budgeting he doesn't know about cooking doing the washing that sort of thing yeah, so yeah. we can go in and sort of work with them to, to get them life skills mm-hmm. as well as get them back out and uh, from break the social isolation wow that's got. like just before I know Brigitte will say something in a second but um, you reminded me of um, there's a, there was a friend of mine who his, his dad died suddenly um, okay. And he was essentially, um, you know, looking after his mom. Yeah. And so there was, a, like, a, a, as you were describing that, I was thinking of him because he, you know, I had a com- long conversation with him when it happened. Obviously, he was devastated because it was unexpected. Yeah. And just the situation he found himself in where he was, like, you know, in his late 20s and suddenly was running his household and had yeah. no idea what he was doing because his dad did everything. Yeah. Um, so as a, and essentially as a carer, so he, you know, literally got thrown into a situation where he's a carer and he has no idea how to do it or approach it or something so that's good comparison the search project itself it deals with a specific age range am i right yeah search deals with um people over 50 um in in the west end of newcastle um chain reactions actually covers the whole of newcastle but we cover just the west um but there is a provider in the north and in the east um and it deals with people over 55 because we were discussing this in our meeting that we had, didn't we, that in regards to the West End, I mean, there's some fantastic, fantastic organisations like yourselves out yeah. there, but it just seems to be a, a sort of a lack of signposting to make people aware of what's there. Yeah, coordination. Um, 
So yeah. what what ideas and and do you think you know in terms of moving things forward could we do to deal with that? I know we discussed that. Yeah, well, I think I think when when we met, we initially discussed probably having the network so yeah. that everyone uh, uh, can sort of meet now and again understand what each project does so the signposting between each project so possibly sort of sort of volunteer yeah, it's, it's something I, I would really love to help set up because I think yep. West End here and we, we've got a you know a radio station as well yeah. that helps sort of develop that um, um, so a bit more about chain reaction then you say it, it's all around Newcastle this time it is yeah um, mental health concern deliver um, chain reaction in the north of the city and um, Keyring delivered in the east yes. and we deliver in the west yes. yeah Great. Can you about time some poetry then? No, no, totally. Um, I guess just it, it just uh, is there anything? Like, I'll give you one you can talk. You know, <laughs> no, no, it's totally. Well, well, why don't you talk a little bit about, about yourself, Terence, before we? Yeah, I was born in Benwell, uh, Elm Street. Right. I, I went to St Joseph's School, mm-hmm. the bottom of the bank. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, how did um? I've always lived in Benwell, you know. All right. Yeah. Um. And I guess what what fascinates me because. And um, when I used to do uh, performance stuff in Newcastle, uh, we've said this on the show before, yeah. is that poetry has become kind of like the, I guess, the number one thing yeah. in sort of live events. It's, it's got really, really, really it, yeah. yeah. There's a lot more of it, sort of like, and it's a, it's a, when done well, it's a really, really good performance art. Yeah. Um, and so, what I want to ask you in relation to it, because you know, I remember like Stephen Fry did a uh, did a book, for example, about That's saying me, that yeah. poetry should be everyone should do it, sort of therapeutic and whatnot. So, from your experience, like, when did poetry Enter your life, like when did you start well, doing it? Entered my life at school. All right. And uh, when I went to St. Aloysius, the teacher was, uh, he wrote a book called Learn Yourself, Geordie. Mm-hmm. And she says, Keep writing the way you're writing, you're keeping the dialect alive. Yeah. So That's I've been doing good. it since then. Yeah. Were you encouraged? Uh, were you encouraged? Anyway, I worked, I mm-hmm. wrote a piece of poem. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you encouraged at school to to be creative and no, to write? Uh, right properly, they said. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a quick story in regards to that. As I was actually ambidextrous growing up, and yeah. uh, one of the things that they got me to do, which I find incredibly frustrating, considering ambide- being ambidextrous is quite rare, is um, I was finishing my handwriting classes too quickly, so they made me yeah. pick a hand. Yeah. And so this is what I joke is why my handwriting's terrible because I pick my left hand for some bizarre reason. Mm-hmm. Um, because <laughs> I'm clearly, oh, well, there you go. I, um, I, do you believe in the premise? that left-handed people are more creative very, very much so yeah. yeah I totally agree <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine you'd disagree <laughs> yeah yeah no I don't agree at all um, so in regards to your poetry um, well actually before I get to that um, I want to just ask Simon really quickly um, is there anything you want us to bring up that we haven't already I mean for, and also for example where can people find your stuff do you have an online presence yeah we, we have an online presence we've got the search website so yes. if you put in search it will come up with that brilliant um, and we've also got a separate chain reaction website as well mm-hmm. right. but um, if you want more information we've got a shop 74 Adelaide Terrace down in uh, Benwell brilliant we've got a shop front down there so awesome. open Monday to Friday brilliant we wanted to get and that I in I work directly opposite so you can pop in and see <laughs> <laughs> again the rivalry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway great well this is a great segue because we need to uh, we need to wrap shortly to do some jingles and whatnot and some right. adverts so um can you explain to us what your poetry is? Like, what do you kind of write about? Well, Billy Connolly talks about uh, his life. I write about mine. If it's anything like Billy Connolly, I'm going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so did you want to do a couple? Um, um, how long, roughly, do they are they your poetry? Like, how long? 
How long oh, does it take to read? Minutes. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Well, you, you'd want to do a couple then, yeah. and that would be brilliant. Oh, you're just doing my memory. Oh, damn, how impressive. Proper. Professional. Brilliant. Well, whenever you're ready, Terence, go ahead. The first one I'm reading, uh, the saying is uh, the courting days. This was in the 60s. I love that phrase, courting. Yeah. My mum uses it. It's great. <laughs> okay, go ahead. The days of Bemel when the skies were always blue, with a lassie on your arm you could find off to do. I take her to the pitch as I put my arm around in the dark. I got and fish sticklebacks doing at Lisa's park. We'd make jam and hover sandwiches and some things we'd make toast. With a bottle of water and a carrier we'd catch a train down to the coast. When we chest sticking out like a pigeon, I'd lie upon the sand. She'd never just kiss and cuddle her and sometimes slap me hand. If my mother could have seen that, I know I'd got a throttle. But I just laughed and lay there something floated through the bottle. When my hair cracked through my blood cream, I lay upon her chest. She said this boyfriend would always be, because this boyfriend is the best. But her mother put a stop to it when she found blood cream on her vest. <laughs> wow, that's wow. great. That's, that's great. It? I love, yeah, dialect stuff. That's so interesting, yeah, because, you know... Yeah, because I, I guess, like, it's a bit like, you know, BBC News, for example, who always go, oh, you need to get rid of your accent and stuff, and they sort of change them. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. you should you should embrace where you're from, yeah, and uh, you yeah. should totally it's do it. Like so, do you have, do you have like, another, like, a minute and a half one? We've got, like, a minute and a half left. Yeah, you got okay. a good one? I'll go for that. Well, back then was a place to be at with Roy Roger Spurs and the cowboy hat. Well, back then was a place to be at with skippy ropes and the top and whip. Well, toilet door had one hold at the top, just the rich size for a pea shooter shot. And more back then, I'm not being funny, but there wasn't a soul who had any money. We'd make round toys that would cost us nout, well, you had day or day without. Sticks for swords, cans tight your feet, hoops from barrels would really a treat. So, like I say, and I'm not being funny, that, and more back then, you didn't need any money. And more back then, you could see the sky, the world, the groom, and me. He wore back then on a guy pokes and he put cap and wheels and jumpy jacks all around my feet. Wore back then was just like heaven. Till my ma would shoot, are you coming in? It's way past seven. <laughs> and wore back then was never, you never seen a poor coat out like that, but it was loads of de- bear skins and Davy Crockett hats. On a bogey and wore back then, you'd start at the top, then size from over the coal heaps and wash them with props. To get to the bottom, that's what it takes. They sold on your shoes because you never had brakes. The pulled war was stone and them are ruined and scattered the people all over the town. To improve the housing, that's what they said. But what they meant was war back then was dead. Now look at the kids then to those of today. Where we in war back then you played till you dropped. But be out after nine and you'd be copped. So like I say, and I'm not being funny, that the kids of today are getting far too much money. <laughs> war back then. <laughs> Ah, oh, wow, awesome. Yeah, that was great. That was absolutely great. Yeah, do you have a book? Sorry. Yeah, could I pull out uh, an yeah. appeal for a book called Long Way to the Pan Shop? Okay. I'd love to have a copy. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you meant like you had your own book or something no, no. you were going to publish. Okay, but no, that was awesome. And look at that. I think you're looking to be published, is that right? That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You've got a Brilliant. character as well you write about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's thank you, Terence. That was really I'll, awesome. I'll, I'll write a story about Popple. Popple's two foot high. He's got a pink body, blue hair, <laughs> red pom pom hat, and red wellies. And I've done fifty-seven stories of Popple. Wow! Mm-hmm. And it's aimed at three to five-year-olds. Brilliant. 
Well, I'm sure. Hopefully, if someone uh, listening to this, they can help you with that. Like, obviously, get in touch. But uh, um, all that needs me to say is Simon from Search Project. Thank you very much for coming in, and obviously, no Terence. Thank you for your poetry. I could have listened to him all day. Yeah, right, I repeat it. <laughs> and as I mentioned, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm feeling really, really awful today. So, thank you. That's really made me feel better. <laughs> so, okay, so we're going to play some jingles, and hopefully, we're going to play a song after that uh, if I can get the database to work. And we'll be right back on Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Welcome to your Community Announcement Answer Machine. To broadcast your Community Announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Legendary Punjabi singer Gurdas Maan comes to Sunderland on the 21st of May with his Innovation World Tour. Set to be one of his most exhilarating and exciting performances to date, this is a must-see show for all Punjabi music fans. Gurdas Maan, Innovation World Tour coming to the Empire Theatre in Sunderland on Sunday the 21st of May. Spice FM 98.8 FM
Hello everybody and welcome back to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. What we forgot to say, which is obviously incredibly important, is that uh, if you want to get in touch with our good selves, you can do on Twitter, uh, which is at Spice FM, I believe, for the Twitter for the actual mm. radio station. But if you want to talk to either Ricky, uh, which is at Vivid Ricky, or myself, which is at Geek underscore Apocalypse, which is also my podcast name, uh, obviously if you want to tweet us about anything in the show, you can do so. Um, and also if you want to email the studio as well, you can do so at studio at spicefm.co.uk and the website is uh, www.spicefm.co.uk um, we obviously remember we sometimes remember not to say that during the show and I think probably the radio station would appreciate it um, but anyway um, as we mentioned we were going to have someone representing the Samaritans in the second half of the first hour and we're delighted to say we're, we're going to be joined by Caroline Warburton hello hello there hi very nice to be here and thank you very much for inviting me it's no problem at all um, so I guess um the, it's interesting because we had Samaritans on before, mm-hmm. and I guess like so in a nutshell because I often find whenever we Samaritans comes up, as some people come up with different ways of describing them. Mm-hmm. So I guess because as someone who works in that field, yeah. how would you describe what the Samaritan does? Well, Samaritans' vision is that uh, fewer people will die by suicide. That's, yes, that's our sort of our core vision. But actually, pretty good one. Yeah, yeah well, it is a pretty good one. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is indeed. Um, but in fact, actually, a good three quarters plus of the people who contact us are actually not considering ending their lives. They're just having a pretty horrible day yeah. or a pretty horrible time in their lives. It may be, you know, not just a day, but, but weeks and months and possibly, you know, quite a number of years. And they need somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And somebody who is non-judgmental, who's got the time to listen and will help we, what we try to do is to help our callers think through their options yeah. and think through what is possible, um, what is not possible. Um, we don't, unfortunately, have a magic wand that we can make all the horrible things go away. No. But, you know, we try our best to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to, to help people, to, as I say, to see their way through. Yeah, because I think... And I know Ricky's got a lot to a lot to ask you, so this will be my last one. But um, I think, from my point of view, as someone who's been in distress before, because it's mm-hmm. like people who are aware of the show know that I have bipolar disorder, which is a mood disorder essentially. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's you know has been in situations of um, it, in a very basic sense, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's sort of like pe- pe- I'm assuming you get a lot of people who who phone who are in just a, a period of distress, whether it like and and as you, I thought, what you said in terms of choices was a really good one because I think. When you are in a in a in a situation where you feel distressed, you don't sort of think rationally, or maybe yeah. outside yeah. of your own box. But I mean, I'm yeah. I'm essentially describing depression in a certain sense. Is that it's a very black 
a morbid view of the world and so maybe just having an external force like yourselves mm. is that fair mm. to say yeah. um, uh, yes i think so i mean yeah. i've certainly I've, I've heard it described as being like in a very thick forest and you can't find your way out of the forest mm -hmm. and what we try and do is to help you to find the directions mm -hmm. out of that forest yeah or a maze and, or something and, potentially yes yeah. something yeah. something yeah. along those lines mm -hmm. and it can yeah. often take time um and sometimes people particularly people who are lonely mm -hmm. just want to really come and just have a bit of a chat mm -hmm. and you know we will give them that time it won't give them hours and hours i have to say because there are other people who need to contact us but you know if you're if you're lonely if maybe your health is not so good uh and you just need somebody just to just to have a bit of a chat to mm -hmm. then we can be there for you yeah um and uh and we're happy to do that but primarily we are there for people who are going mm -hmm. through a bit of a bad time as i say and just you know need to have somebody to talk to mm -hmm. i mean going back to a um an, an early point that you made and <coughs> it was something you brought up last time you were here mm -hmm. having that voice i mean <coughs> i guess this word loneliness, I know it's sort of come back to, into the mainstream more, but you assume that it's it, it stereotype that it's someone by themselves or living on their own and, and haven't got anyone around them. But I, I think it's a bit of a false stereotype because yeah. often people around company can still be lonely and can't get that. What is it about when they contact you that they can relate to someone who's essentially anonymous on the other end of the yes. phone that they can't yeah. get from around them i think that actually is is our strength because yeah. yes you know we are anonymous we are known by our first names only um and people who contact us don't have to give us a name yeah. it's nice when they do because it it makes that conversation a little bit easier but you're yeah. right you know yeah. you can be lonely in a very large crowd mm -hmm. um and maybe it's it's more there to do with having people around you who can understand the situation that you're in mm -hmm. and that loneliness can be brought about by bereavement mm -hmm. it can be brought about by by ill health mm -hmm. uh it can be brought about by a breakup of a, of a relationship um so you know there's a there's a there's a whole raft of reasons yeah uh mm -hmm. why people can can mm -hmm. can be lonely mm -hmm. um and um I know one of the things you wanted me to talk about was uh, facing, facing the future. The future yeah. We're talking about bereavement and uh, is that part uh, of a national uh, campaign? Or is it local? Yes, it is. Yes, it's uh, <coughs> it, it, it's a partnership uh, that Samaritans have got with Cruise, mm -hmm. which is the organisation yeah. uh, that helps people who have been yes. bereaved. Mm -hmm. Facing the future is particularly about helping people who have been bereaved by suicide. Mm -hmm. So. It, I mean, it's awful anyway. <coughs> yes. Um, but to be bereaved by suicide also brings out of people this feeling that I should have done something, I should have seen something, mm -hmm. I should have known something, I should have been able to change things. And of course, that's. So, not are you saying there's like a guilt complex there with? with it can people. be with some yeah. people. Plus, of course, the the awful shock. Yeah. I mean, that you know, there is there is a a terrible shock when something like that happens. Um, I can actually um, give an example to that, which I, I don't think I ever could bring this up. But um, my um, my uncle committed suicide not that long ago, um, and he was he was old and he had problems and he was not very well and various other things. But my auntie, who's his wife, is very much kind of. Um, 
having a really hard time of late for the very thing that you said is that basically it's it's an element of especially being married to someone for as long as they've had is that she just doesn't know what to do with herself and 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 as you said the, I, there's definitely an element of the you know she feels guilty for it happening even though you know it wasn't really her fault to us you know or anything like that but um it is just difficult because it and and, and i'm just saying as someone who's obviously helping her through that is that and it'd be interesting to ask you is that um from my point of view it's sometimes it's really difficult to know what to say um to, to be helpful is because it's it's a thing that happened and i guess just saying that you're going to be there and stuff and send them stuff maybe but yeah so how would you how would you, would you give offer advice in terms of how to help someone who's been bereaved like well one of the one of the sort of the foundation stones of Samaritans is that we don't give advice okay. as such because we're not experts yes. in, in everything. You can't mm-hmm. be experts with everything. We have mm-hmm. volunteers who are medically trained, who are legally trained, who don't have any actual sort of qualifications as such. Yes. But what we are is trained in listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that time and that space to listen to somebody, even if it's a case of just giving, you know, your your aunt, uh, you know, that space of thinking of just saying, you know, oh, tell me, you know, tell me some of your memories, tell me some of the things that you mm-hmm. remember when times were good mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, there'll be tears. <coughs> Mm-hmm. You know, but there's nothing wrong with crying. No, no. Crying is 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 a a, a a normal reaction to something that is 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 upsetting you. Um, and you know, this can be one of the problems that people have. Is you know, it's almost this sort of stiff upper lip. I will not cry under any circumstances. Yeah. Type of thing. And actually, crying is a is a very good release of yes. of that of, of of those sad feelings. So, giving somebody space and time uh, to 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 talk about things, to think also about the future, mm-hmm. um, because that can be very difficult for people to see a way forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, when they've lost somebody very close by, and you know that's when people start thinking, well, actually, I, I can't go on, you know, life. Like, like so it is essentially a stigma then, isn't it? The families kind of carry around, which... <coughs> would you say so? I, th- I don't know about <coughs> stigma. I think, I think it's... I think for friends, for people, of people who have lost somebody uh, by suicide, really don't quite know what to say. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, we, we all have a sort of... Our stock phrases when when somebody dies with a relative. And yeah. But there is that sort of, you know, oh, I don't, I, I don't know quite how to cope with this, and that's actually where facing the future comes in because facing the future is slightly different to the other sort of work that we do. Mm-hmm. Because uh, uh, facing the future is a um, a six week course, mm-hmm. so to speak. It's the everybody. It's a very small group of around about six people mm-hmm. who meet up with two volunteers, one from Samaritans and one from Cruise. Mm-hmm. And in those, each session's around about a couple of hours, and there's tea, and there's coffee, Mm -hmm. and there's biscuits, because you've got to have those things as well, because that all helps everybody to relax, and and it gives you something to do with your hands, because, you know, you need to have a biscuit in your hand, you know, and things like that. But it, 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 you know, the benefit of attending those groups is there's there's understanding, because you've got people around you who have already gone through some, something similar mm-hmm. um, it's a safety aspect as well because anything that is discussed in that time stays within those four walls mm-hmm. because that's important as well um, 
the groups talk about coping, coping strategies, because they share those thoughts and those ideas, because that's, you know, that's important. Mm -hmm. Respect. Now, that is incredibly important, mm -hmm. because yeah. we have to respect people's thoughts, people's fears, yeah. um, people's worries and, and, and concerns. Um, and everybody has to be over 18 to be part of this group, ah, okay. which does allow for that sometimes those sort of more difficult conversations you know that uh, that, that that people can have and there are other support uh, uh, mechanisms around so do you see people <coughs> when they hear someone else who's gone through the same thing that they've had they feel empowered to express themselves and what they're going through yeah, yeah. yes so it's, yes. it becomes a sort of collective effort in a way isn't it it does but it's in like with all sort of collective things mm. you have to be careful that it doesn't suddenly go into the downward spiral so that's what the you know the two facilitators are there for mm. to keep the conversation so that the direction is to uplift yeah uplift the, the direction yeah. is positive yes. not negative yeah. and that's and that is important because we want people to end each session going out of the door feeling positive because yes. if they don't they won't come back yeah mm -hmm. uh, and ultimately to 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 know when they have have gone through these sessions that there is a light at the end of that rather long dark yeah. tunnel mm -hmm. and you know that uh, that <coughs> that we are there and also crews are there and crews work slightly differently to to samaritans um but um you know, anybody who, well, anybody at all can obviously contact us through either phone calls or emails or text messages. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, oh, interesting. So, yeah. Um, I, it's funny because you, you reminded me of something I remember when I wrote a blog about this because um, in my experience of being in support groups, I mean, this isn't the case for everybody, so I'm making sure I'm being fair here. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, which is why I think, as you said, like a I think the word you said was facilitator, mm -hmm. Um having a facilitator there is, is really really crucial in my opinion because i have had situations where if you go to a support group maybe it be for whatever if you've got like the, you've all got the same whatever you whatever binds you all together yeah. um you often find that whoever has the more dominant personality it becomes their group and their their way of coping and doesn't give everyone else an opportunity to speak and whereas a, a liaison or a, as you said a negotiator or whatever the right word is someone who just makes it have people have a chance because i used to see people who used to go there and not say anything and like oh this is a waste of time and like mm. because there'd be a person who you know for no fault of their own maybe like sort of grieving much more because it might be more new or something like that and they need to express themselves and so it becomes like a, a an alpha male sort of situation where whereas like support groups that work give everybody a chance to speak and Absolutely. um so yeah, I just, I always make sure to say that because sometimes, um, that's why I think just having support groups that only they do, they can work that way. I just think there's a less chance of it sometimes if, yes, in extreme yeah. circumstances. It, it, it needs to be managed and everybody needs to have, have their own space within that group. Yes. To say what they want to say. And they also need to know that they can say it without being ridiculed. Yes. Mm. Uh, and that's where the, that's where the, the respect comes in. Yes. Because, you know, there has Absolutely. to be, has to be that. Because essentially yeah. it's like an open therapy session and just in some yeah. ways in that they're saying the most vulnerable stuff that they've went through. So yeah. yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, do you um, essentially, in regards to the Samaritan stuff, say, for example, somebody rings up the Samaritans, because I've, I've just thought of this scenario as you've been talking that what I'm assuming that you get repeat callers. Um, and so 
as you you, uh, you touched on it earlier and i was intrigued to let let you expand on that point was that if someone is a repeat caller and consistently rings uh, there must be a point in time where the samaritans can't you know they they can't do much so i get or like as in you know as you said clogging up the lines to a certain extent because mm. but i'm i'm guessing in that situation because you i'm assuming they can't you need to get my point is there is a difficult do, thing to say yeah, it's just I like do, getting get someone to come yeah. do you signpost them to other people i guess is what i'm asking well yeah. to a certain extent yes mm-hmm. um when it comes to the phone calls yes. and i'll talk about email and, and sms in a moment or two, yes but, First of all, the phone calls, because that is by far and away the, the, the most usual way that people get in touch with us. Yes. Um, we have a, a free call number, uh, which is 116123. Good. I'll probably say that again a bit later on. Yeah, but, pretty soon. Um, and um, the Tyneside branch, which is, which is the branch that I'm from, uh, we are just one of 201 branches around the country. Mm-hmm. And that is, is right the way up onto the Scottish Islands and right the way over onto I- in, in, into Ireland and down south and all the rest of it. Um, so that number, that prequel number that I've just given you there, that uh, can go to any one of those branches. Okay, and I, I'm just about to have a cough, so I'm just going to. That's be totally <laughs> fine. As someone who's not, as someone, as someone who's not been feeling very well the whole of the day, I, I understand that completely. I, I'm really sorry about that's that. That's totally I, fine. I've, I've, I've had a bad cold, and I, cold, <laughs> I can feel it in the back of my throat. Anyway, as I was saying, yes. So, um, so calls can go around the country, can go to different branches. Okay. But what you will always get is a trained listening volunteer. Mm-hmm. And you will be respected and given that opportunity to to talk through what it is that you want to talk through. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, um, yes, we do get repeat uh, um, callers. Uh, sometimes we get people who say, you know, well, I spoke to a volunteer yesterday, but I, I, today I'm not feeling quite so good again. So I thought I'd give you another ring, and and you know, and and those and those sort of things. Yeah. Just on that point, do you get um, callers who request to speak to a certain person they spoke before because they've de- yep. developed a rapport? Yep. And how do you handle that? Sorry, can't do. Yeah. Um, no, uh, it's it, apart from anything else, we are all volunteers. Yeah. Uh, so therefore, um, uh, you know, you can't guarantee when somebody's mm-hmm. going to be, is going to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's important to remember that people are ringing Samaritans. They're not ringing a particular a person. person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Otherwise, there is, there is a risk of dependency, mm. uh, which is not 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 too mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. An, an idea. I mean, what's your view on? And I'm assuming the Samaritans, you know, think about this a lot. Is with the you know the 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 I guess the avenue of the internet and you know the younger generation who have access to you know all sorts of different things. Yeah. And I guess like you know my point is is that the younger generation of people you say about phone calls the younger generation of people might not think that's a good avenue to talk to them and i guess have the samaritans looked into alternate ways of getting people to we do communicate? And it's like it's like all these things it's yeah. it's it's always evolving yes um we we do also have a, a um email Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that is is Joe J O uh, at Samaritans dot org. Yes. Um, and uh, we, we we get a large number of emails. Yeah. Uh, not not only just from this country as, as well. We, oh, get, right. we get emails oh, from wow. from abroad as well. Oh. So oh, right. um, uh, quite often um, from the states, um, but not necessarily. 
Okay. Uh, I had one from Portugal the other day. Mm-hmm. It was in English, I'm pleased to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, no, we, you know, we, we do get a lot, uh, um, of emails. We also have, have, um, SMS, text, text messaging. Yep. Um, and that is, that is an area that is growing. Mm-hmm. Um, Tends to be used more by youngsters, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and and of course, it is it, it's it's something that is relatively quick. Emails we undertake to respond to an email within twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, with with uh, with uh, text messages, we try to respond within about ten minutes. Okay, so it's pretty quick. Yeah, um, being this tech savvy world that we are in now, do you? Are more and more young people contacting you? I mean, we know that, you know, suicide amongst young males, for example, yes. is, is yeah. the biggest killer. It's well, the highest year, isn't it? I, I remember it was highest in the it, yeah. um, it, it was, actually. We've now managed just to bring it down just a fraction, and I That's think good. North North Yorkshire, uh, 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 sadly, has, has that accolade now. Okay. Um, but I'm afraid we're not too far behind them. Yeah. Um, y- yeah, I mean, it's it's... We are seeing a significant rise in the numbers of uh, people who've contacted us in 2016 um, our branch took contacts from around about 66,000 people wow now that is a lot of people Mm -hmm. and we're just one branch admittedly Mm -hmm. we are the largest branch in the north but you know that's it that's a lot of people and that had gone up from uh around about fifty six thousand the year before and each year is rising and rising in in 2015 uh, September 2015 was when the free call number came in, mm-hmm. and that it just sent everything into the stratosphere, yeah. um, as one would expect, really. Um, as particularly as people are sort of finding out um, just what what the. I mean, we, we tried talking about it last time. Um, what what do you think? Attri- what what is the attribute? Why is it attributed to our region specifically that we have this high? Oh. Well, I guess it's not your your thing to necessarily well, find out, or, you know. Well, but no, I, I mean it is. From a, input it that it you is hear. important for us to think about why yeah. these things are happening. Yeah. I mean, certainly, uh, uh, the northeast has uh, um, areas of high deprivation, mm-hmm. unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there again, you could say there are similar areas, you know, elsewhere in the country. Um, I think. It's. It is traditionally the sort of traditional employment areas that we have yeah. in the northeast um, have gone, um, and uh, there are a lot of issues with that. I think, as well, from what I understand from some of the figures, there are quite a number of sort of health problems, mental health problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no doubt about it that cuts in mental health service, yeah. um, particularly the out of the impact service, of the cuts. I mean, a friend of mine who's a yeah. social worker yeah. um, still deals with um, areas within County Durham. You, you know, when you mm. say the employment mm. factors, you mm. know. So when you think of the old sort of mining villages, yeah, thirty years down the line, he's yeah. still treating people who's yeah. not. Not so we saw it um, when I went to that seminar because um, I used to be a social worker and I went to a seminar where they had a bunch of research that their organisation had done. It was on like the table and I took a copy home and I remember seeing like a startling uh, statistic of something like you know 300 worse social workers a month or something. I can't mm-hmm. remember what the statistic was, but it was like a, a, an alarming amount of social workers were quitting their job. 
because of the yeah. the, the, the lack of the sheer um, pressures, the sheer, yeah, yeah, the stress level, Absolutely. and like something like fifty percent of them didn't feel they were adequately looked after. Yeah. Um, in terms of you know, so basically, like for example, um. Um, you know, debriefing, as it's known, where basically if you get, you know, if you've had a particularly, you know, rough time, if someone said, and I'm sure you, as someone who works with Samaritans, you'll understand this completely, mm-hmm. is if someone gets told something quite, mm-hmm. you know, difficult mm-hmm. to listen to or anything like that, it's known as, in, in social work, when I did it, it was known as debriefing, where basically yeah. you process that yourself with another person listening so you cannot you don't leave with that baggage on Mm -hmm. and unfortunately with the as soon as something gets cut they 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 regard that extra hour as not worth doing which um Mm -hmm. leads to far many more problems where you know people Mm -hmm. off work and all this other thing and it's just cost cutting in the wrong Mm -hmm. area i find anyway Mm -hmm. we really really need to wrap this up because we just hit the hour mark so um can you just say again because obviously this is really important just the information for people to get absolutely yes Um, i can do the free call number is one one six one two three the email is joe that's j-o at samaritans.org the text number is zero seven seven two five nine zero nine zero nine zero. Brilliant. And our branch, we are we are also open for people to call in and see us as oh, well. Right. Okay. And if people can do that uh, every day of the week, and if that does include Christmas Day, uh, and uh, we are open from nine in the morning till nine at night, and that's fifteen Portland Terrace, Jesmond. Brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming, Lynn. Uh, Caroline's been absolutely just great. Really know what the work that you do. Yeah. Thank you. Um, as someone who's used the Samaritans before and is not afraid to say that, um, keep keep up the good yeah. work. Um, thank you. And thank we'll you for coming that. in. Thank you very great. much indeed. Thank you. Right, what we're going to do now, ladies and gentlemen, is we're going to play some ads, obviously, because we've hit the hour mark, and then we'll be right back in the studio with Steve O'Driscoll to do mental health news. And you're listening to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM ninety eight point eight FM. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Legendary Punjabi singer Gurdas Man comes to Sunderland on the 21st of May with his Innovation World Tour. Set to be one of his most exhilarating and exciting performances to date, this is a must-see show for all Punjabi music fans. Gurdas Man Innovation World Tour coming to the Empire Theatre in Sunderland on Sunday the 21st of May. For tickets, call the box office on 0844-871-7627 or log on at atgtickets.com. Ticket agents in Newcastle include Lala's on Hadrian Road, Spice FM at The Beacon and Sunham Travel on Stanard Street. In Middlesbrough, Kashmir International Food Store on Abingdon Road. For more information, call 07966 755 007 or log on at www.ukboxoffice.net AsianWeddingPackage.com brings you the 5K Wedding, a complete wedding package for an unbelievable £5,000. Venue, staff, crockery cutlery and glassware, catering by renowned caterers, soft drinks, chair covers, table centres, wedding stage, DJ and doll drummer or photographer. Also included is full organisation management by our expert events team, so you don't have the hassle. Come as a guest, leave as a guest. The 5K Wedding, a 
full Asian wedding package for an unbelievable £5,000. This is a very, very special limited offer and subject to availability. Call now on 0191 or log on at AsianWeddingPackage.com or search us out on Facebook, Asian Wedding Package. It's Red Hot Radio, Spice FM 98.8 FM.
and that was the Rembrandt with just the way it is because it wasn't necessarily what I was supposed to play, but it came on and I was like, <laughs> "Well, we'll just we'll be we'll 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 stick with that and see what happens." It's a box but, yeah. of tricks with the music, I isn't it? So. I think actually um, we need to be really concerned that the um, the computer has become sentient, like Skynet in, <laughs> in Terminator. Uh, yeah. we, we we all need to leave. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome back to Mentally Sound. Obviously, the 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 chaoticness that is yeah. Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM ninety eight point eight FM. It's been a great uh, show so far, hasn't it? No, it's been really awesome. I really enjoyed uh, in particular the um, the Samaritans interview. That was really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always interesting because like I touched on. In the build-up to her talking, was that yeah. Samaritans very often there's a, there's a, there's, there's so many different ways people describe what they do. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have someone in the in the actual you know organization explaining Absolutely, what yeah. they do because I think that's that, that I, I was very stringent on saying that in regards to you know repeat people with Samaritans mm-hmm. is that they get a bad rap for kind of just you know being there as a listening thing. But I don't actually think They've that's often a bad been thing. The, described almost like a butt end of jokes, isn't it? Like yeah. if someone's down, I'll ring ring them up as a bit of a funny. But the, Famous joke in Faulty Towers. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where he goes, um, oh yeah, wait, wait. Samaritans were engaged. Yeah, Samaritans yeah. were engaged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but as we, as we touched on, uh, this is a regular feature in the show, so this is your first time listening. We do Mental Health News with Steve O'Driscoll, uh, which is on the hour where we basically discuss some mental health news that has happened, uh, in the past five weeks because we had an extra week off um, because of the time difference basically but oh, Steve we? welcome welcome yeah, to the show great to be here thank you yeah um, this is my favourite bit <laughs> <laughs> oh we also should mention as well because we can't as I said we can't seem to get our tracks to work but we were going to play a Chris Cornell song uh, so we should touch on the fact obviously that Chris Cornell yeah, yeah. Um, passed away yeah. uh, and I just I wanted to mention that being that I probably own every album he ever did okay. um, and so it was really sad to hear about um, his passing because there was a lot of controversy wasn't there not quite sure what was up but Anyway, I don't know yeah. if that was part of his news, so I apologise. But um, okay, so what uh, Steve does is he does some headlines, and we basically debate about it. And some of them are funny. Uh, if it's blueberries, it'll be hilarious. Um, <laughs> but we'll go from there. So go, fire away, Steve. Great. Um, I found this one quite interesting. I came across. Um, there's actually a guy called Peter Kinderman from the British Psychological Society who's put a mathematical formula together, <laughs> okay. suggesting that the third Monday in January is the most miserable day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> the third, third Monday. Third right. Monday of every January. Is that what you used to say yeah. there? Okay, that's a, that's a real like. the most miserable day of the year. And the reason behind that, apparently, is you're affected by diet, the level of your physical fitness, money worries, work stress. So I find it quite understandable after the Christmas break. I was just yeah, about to say. I would say that as well. And yeah. apparently that is why it's the most miserable. Well, um, I thought it'd be the first yeah. Monday coming back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it's funny because... Um, I would, in a real serious point, is um, whenever I like kind of have a, a, a continuous amount of, of of depression, it always seems yeah. to be the start of the year, mm. and I've never I've never really figured out why. Strangely, um, you think you would look forward to the new yeah, year, yeah, you? but, but it's sort of like a new start. Now, whatever, now yeah. of seasonal affective disorder, yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. And yeah, I suppose if you've got a, a family and you're buying presents, there's lack of money, and mm-hmm. you know you're in yeah, debt. That's, you're that's in another, debt at the coming. Yeah, no, totally. Well, that's interesting. What random day? It's not like I know exactly. <laughs> and he goes, oh, there's loads of maths behind it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I, I'm not trying to ridicule the guy, but it's just kind of like, let's make this day really important. Yeah, there's a lot of maths involved. It's, uh, yeah, so what does he advise? Just let's sleep through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what he advised. <laughs> yeah. He's probably spent millions of I know, like yeah. He'll be like Yale University <laughs> yeah. in America or something, yeah. They've spent like a £10 million on it, yeah. yeah. It's like, do you remember, like, just a quick segue was... um. 
I remember they did this on Avaga News a few years ago. Is and I think they've got too much time on their hands. Is people at Newcastle University uh, got locusts to to watch Star Wars and measure their responses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was also on Mock the Week. Yeah. I think it was one of Frankie Boyle's gags. He says they, they made a st- they wasted money on a study of how long it takes cornflakes to to go soggy in a, in a bowl full of milk. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and yet we need like stem cell research and yeah, one of life's <laughs> anyway, dilemmas. I know, yeah, I know. We, uh, I know yeah. Go on, let's see. That was funny. Um, there's also <laughs> an illustrator now who draws humorous <laughs> comics about a mental illness. To try and destigmatize it. The oh, lady's nice. name is Gemma Cornell, mm-hmm. and they're particularly directed at youngsters. Okay. Because they're reading their comics, and it's making them feel as though they're not alone. And there's a stat there saying that one in people, one in thirteen people, suffer from anxiety. Wow. I mean, would you kind of agree with that? Yeah. No, that sounds that sounds plausible. Mm-hmm. Um, and just on the back of that stuff yeah. as well, um, and depression affects an estimated 350 million people, and the comics are bringing light to a dark place for people. Mm. I had a guy. Save you with the youngsters, or like it's young mainly talked youngsters. Yeah, really? I, had, I had a guy. I wish I'd remembered what it, they, were, they were called. Oh, they were, it was called Dark Something. I really, I'm, I feel awful that I forgot. But he was on my podcast, and he did. A, it was a, it was a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Is that he did? It was called Dark Something. Oh, I really wish I'd remember what it was called now. But it was all about. Um, it was there were sort of little small pamphlet comic books, and they're basically just really right. straightforward. And every different, I thought it was a great idea. Every every single comic book was an emotion. So it was all about, and um, I must remember because my friend Nicola will kill me for this because I borrowed it and I haven't watched it yet. But I was telling Ricky about this behind the scenes. There's a really, really good animated film called Inside Out, which my friend Nicola told me about, and her kids have watched, and it's and it's amazing how much they've registered, like what it's about because it's essentially everybody, every um, you know, animated character in that. Has yeah. em- has emotions that are played off each other. So one of them, she was explaining, had like joy, and the other one, and despair. And yeah. basically, it was teaching children that emotions you can't live without one without the other. And it was basically, you know, in a mm-hmm. in a really basic way. So and someone with manic depression and, mm-hmm. and what yeah. about bipolar yeah. disorder. And it's supposed to be brilliant. And so I I really need to watch it. Reminds it, but, me um, of something similar as someone um, online. As a, someone I follow on Twitter has done like a Marvel superheroes, and yes. each one of them has a disability. Yes. So it relates. To, you can still feel empowered, even though you have this. Yeah. Condition. We've talked about that in the past, didn't we? When we did the whole film review stuff, they were basically saying that ba- have, Batman yeah. has mental health yeah, issues because yeah. of what yeah. happened to his dad yeah. and yeah. various yeah. other things. It's yeah. it's nice that it's been brought up, but no, that was good. Because there's just in relation to that as well. Uh-huh. There's also a pilot. Um, there's a, a lady called Emma Jane Kirby from South London. Okay. Who is teaching mental health in schools now? Ah, good. It's basic mental health, and the idea she's got, just as you just mentioned, there, yeah. got characters ah, yeah. so you would have a cartoon character with a depression mm-hmm. and you know bipolar and all these different illnesses mm-hmm. and the children can relate to them and they feel yep. sympathy towards mm-hmm. them yep. because it is a cartoon yep. character of course no and that's a really good way of doing it yeah. there's like fun stuff like positive thoughts and negative thoughts which she writes on coloured strips of paper <laughs> yep. and then the children mm-hmm. have a game sorting them out so oh. it's all done in a fun way but they're yeah. actually learning at the same yeah, time yeah yeah that's really, um, I mean, in a really simplistic way, what you're describing there is bait and switch. It's mm-hmm. a, it's an actual 
you know, um, a, a way of of teaching kids the fundamental stuff that may necessarily be boring. But it's called bait and switching that you you tell them what you want to know, but you do it in a fun enough way that they don't realise that you're teaching them something yeah, that's essentially yeah, boring. That's really, yeah. Um, it's the same technique that like you know children programs do basically. Mm-hmm. Is they you know the whole children presenters are like now children, what we're going to yeah, do now is yeah. we're going to do something really dull. Yeah, yeah. But um, but they do it in such a way to make it uh, make it sound uh, yeah. plausible. Can I do my joke now? Is that your next one's going to be now? There's been some research that the second of February uh, <laughs> is the <laughs> you've just in <laughs> has been outvoted. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that was, just, that was really funny. The first one. I always thought it was September yeah. actually because right. for me going back to school after the summer, I always thought that really. Uh, see, I would say what, let's have a little fun, quick game. Right? What would you in. What would you guys say is the most depressing day of the year? If you had to think. Ooh. I've just because to me, right? I'll I'll say what I was thinking. I, I probably would go for I would say New Year's Eve. I just don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> I find it like the whole people going out and stuff. It used really to bother me, but not um, so much these days. Yeah, I would still go. Well, it used to be September for me. That first day back at school, the nights were drawing. Yeah, because the summer to me meant like freedom, and you're out with friends, and suddenly that all came to a juddering halt when when you have to go to school like nine a.m. Monday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say for me, is um, this might sound strange, bank holidays and Sundays. Ah, yeah. Because I know that's supposed right. to be relaxing days and bank holidays are supposed to be where you get out in the boat, but the transport's always terrible. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Good one, yeah. I would say that. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. That, yeah. Okay. I understand that. That's that's far more interesting. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, but, uh, but just the whole research. Research in one day, that's silly. But anyway. You bring out a calendar. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> mentally sound calendar. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, the, the mood up and down. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, like every every day it goes, now that's a pretty difficult day. Now, what about that one? Oh, like, that's like a little chart thing. <laughs> that's great. Anyway. And this one isn't so much much a bit of news, but it's it's an actual... I'm going to make a statement here. Can therapy become an addiction to people? And I think it can. Ooh, yes. Wow. Yeah, I think that. And I thought it might. Hmm. I, 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 um, I do know, this is because it's a similar premise of, and I don't mean to offend anyone when I say this, but is, you know, when people go to like seances and stuff to yeah. talk to their dead, mm-hmm. is that they, you can, get, I mean, it's the same premise in that they can yeah. get horribly addicted to that yeah. because they believe they're talking to their loved ones mm-hmm. who have passed on. Yeah. And so they spend thousands and thousands of pounds thinking that they're talking to somebody. And if that, so I'm assuming, to answer your question, therapy must mm-hmm. be the similar, a similar premise in that. And I think it, it becomes like an addiction, like a routine, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. You know, and when that isn't there. I think but, that's, this is very plausible because, you know, you have the word therapy and addiction and one was put opposite but yeah. it's like you know when people comfort food or, yeah. or you know when the, the need for nicotine caffeine or, or, or food maybe like something to lift them out of the depression will become addictive if you're if you're dependent on it like yeah. you could yeah. potentially yeah. use the word necessary I wouldn't necessarily addictive might not be the right word but so for some people it's necessary mm-hmm. um, I mean because I, 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 I think I, I'm one of these people who's been to therapy for a long time is that um, I, I always think it's going to be useful because even if you go feeling relatively good, you you find something out that's been bothering you or might bother you, yeah. and it's a good release. So there's always a reason to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, so that in a way, to answer, yeah, actually, you, you might be right, is it mm-hmm. could be an addictive sense mm-hmm. in that it's a coping mechanism, and yeah. so you yeah. feel the need to go back. But yeah. It's a very good question. Yeah. I didn't think I of it that way. but No, not very good. Were... So you got a very quick one before we uh, introduce Vicky. Very quick one, yeah. Um... I bumped into somebody I haven't seen for quite a few years, and this is all—it's re- related to mental health as well. He started his own tea company, and it's called Wonderleaf. 
Okay. And he does all these relaxing teas. I mean, I don't drink tea myself, but uh, I like lavender, chamomile. I like the odd tea. Uh, uh, I've got tea in my blood. <laughs> being, being Indian, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> you it's bring it. You bring it to the west, do you? Yeah. <laughs> um, my, guy, little, my little canoe. Yeah. <laughs> well, We're not saying he is illegally bringing tea leaves. <laughs> We're not saying that at all. Well, I mean, the guy's name is Liam Blaney, and you can catch him at Timewolf Market, and he's a really nice guy, and I'm sure. Cool. Make you some kind of herbal blend. Brilliant. Also, each tea has a specific sort of. Yes, yes, and I'm sure if you go and see Liam, he'll explain which particular tea. I know things like chamomile are really good for anxiety. I would be. um, I would love. I would love a herbal. I'm an Earl Grey person myself. Earl Grey. Grey, But I mean, it's worth having a chat with him and going along. (sighs) You just made me realise how sick I feel because I'm like, I'd love a herbal tea now, like a hot tea. With lemon or something. <laughs> anyway, um, if you want to find out more about that, he's actually got a Facebook page. So just type in Wonderleaf and all Brilliant. the fabulous concoctions. I'm do that. Come yeah. up. That sounds yeah. cool. Maybe it's in front of the show. Thanks <laughs> very much, Steve. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Brilliant as ever. So what we're going to do now is we're going to have Vicky uh, going to replace Steve now because we've got about a good ten minutes before we um before we do the jingles on the half hour, and then we've got Mal, who's an old friend of the show, has been on before. Is going to come on at twenty five two after we play. The ads and the songs. So she's just getting comfortable right now. It was interesting. We had a nice conversation in the uh, in the cafeteria before uh, she sat down. So yeah. that's kind of good. Oh, and thank you because you replaced she replaced the guest, didn't she? Um, so yes. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had a last minute cancellation, so I guess like we sort of moved you front of the forward in the queue. So just thank you for doing that. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, Vicky Beat, isn't it? Yeah. Because I, I did the whole joke of like, yeah, as you said, like a drum, which I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, so you um, used to work for the NHS is what we've been told. I do, yeah. Um, so I guess is that necessarily what you want to talk about today? It is, yeah. Yeah, is because... It was a geriatric crit. It was in geriatric crit. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 Victoria Louise Beach. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, how upper class of you. <laughs> but anyway, are you going now, Steve? Are you, yeah? Um, all right, and then you go after that. Okay. No worries. Um, no worries, yeah. We're just a bit of conveyor belt, yeah. But anyway, so let's talk to Vicky. Because what I found fascinating, because we touched on it before as we were sitting down preparing the show, is you said, and I guess, like I said, you don't need to necessarily name names because and all that kind of thing, but you said you were sort of bullied at the NHS. And I guess, like, if you want to say what you did at the NHS and then yeah. go from there. Yeah, so I was employed as a nursing assistant um, in an NHS hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I declared that I had a mental health problem within the application because I thought it was honest to do so. Um, yeah. So it got started and I began to be getting bullied by one of the charge nurses. Wow, okay. Um, so For I, your mental health? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I moved wards, tried to get away from him, and he followed. Wow. Right. Um, and I had to go on the sick at the back end of last year mm-hmm. because of the bullying, and I was promised it was going to be investigated and all this, that, near that, and I actually ended up leaving my job. Oh, um, so I just really wanted to get the message out there about how employers could probably look after their staff's mental health. Yeah. Uh, more and if you look after your staff I personally believe that your staff are there to look after your clients or your patients so it should be of man- manager's top priority to um to yeah to be health. there for them yeah and I mean like you can can I ask just I'm sure I you asked anything to say but um can I ask what the mental health you had I have bipolar affective disorder ah okay I have bipolar yeah. disorder, so I understand yeah. that. Um, it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> Some of the time, it yeah. can be quite, it can be quite fun. But uh, um, so yeah, so um, I guess it leads to a more wider point because we've discussed this all the time, not just necessarily in NHS, but um, 
I remember Stephen Fry making this point about um, about mental health in terms of people working. And so I, I want to ask you this directly. Is that do you think, cause I think you were touching on this, was that do you think if people were more understanding towards somebody having, like not feeling great or having a bad time, and I guess if you have a mood disorder essentially is that you might have a day where you just, I don't want to do this. Um, the understanding that day and maybe letting them have time off or helping them through that leads to them have far, many, far more less days off. Days off yeah, do you agree with that assertion? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do think that um, mental health isn't viewed in the same way as physical health. And I've got a prime example where um, I have a colleague who sadly was diagnosed with cancer. Yes. And she got all the phase returns and amended hours and stuff like that. And yeah. I took some time off and asked for a phase return and was refused. Wow. So... I get I got criticised royally for saying cancer is it, it, comparing the two. Um, I've had some people be like really really angry with me when I've said on Twitter and stuff that um, cancer and mental health comparing the two because I, I don't know whether you agree with this, but I was basically saying that cancer is a is a parasite within your body and mental health is an aspect of something not working. It's yes. just it, it, in a very basic sense they're similar in that sense, mm-hmm. but yet as you quite rightly said, they're so fundamentally treated differently. Because if you had someone, um, as an example you just did, if you had someone who was in a bed who was stuck in a bed who was depressed, let's say, and couldn't get out of bed because they were just feeling so worthless and whatnot, and had a person on the up op- the neck bed next to them with cancer. Because you can see cancer and sort of the ramifications it has, and I guess we grew up sort of understanding it mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Because even I knew what cancer was growing up, because my uncle had cancer when I was like seven, and so it's just completely dealt when with in a an different way. It's an invisible illness. It yes. becomes discriminated against. But it, but like even so, cancer to begin with is a an in, yeah. is an invisible. Yeah. And it's anyway. like you can't say, oh well, well it mustn't be there. Yeah. And people are putting it on. And it, do you think? Do you think as well? It's there's an element of. Because people have had an element of sort of natural depression, as in if something goes wrong in their life, they get down. Do you think that's the sort of stigma involved, as they think, oh, well, I felt that way, so therefore, why don't you just deal with I it? I think the prime example of what a lot of people do tend to say with people with depression or mental health illnesses is the fact, oh, well, what's the matter with you? Pull yourself together. Yeah, yeah. So that's not helpful. Try harder. Oh, yeah. I hate that. I hate that phrase so much. Give your head a wobble. Yeah. Because you know, would, would it be fair for you to say that did you feel, um, did, you, did you sort of, through your disorder, try, like, keep trying to, understand it more and, and, and deal with it more. Well, definitely when yeah. I uh, when I came out of hospital and stuff, I made it my my job to yeah. understand the disorder because I thought, yeah. well, if I can understand it, then I can I can try and put their messages out to other mm-hmm. people who tend to don't understand yeah. it. You know, cause it's and if they ask questions, you've got an answer yeah. and all that kind of thing. So I think yeah. mental health in the workplace is the next sort of massive... Um, yeah. I don't Absolutely. know what I call it, battle, or, or in terms of fighting stigma, is actually in the workplace because I've seen, I've gone through um, discrimination in the workplace as well. Um, you mentioned uh, phase return there. For those that don't understand what that means, so basically, you would uh, like, for example, I worked full time, so phase return when you would would start off as going in as a couple of a couple of days a yeah, week or yeah. half days a week, and gradually work that back up mm-hmm. to full time, so you're not thrown into the deep end of coming mm-hmm. back off the sick and having to do thirty seven and a half hours a week. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's like a like a um, a meeting of two minds to 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 create that sort of timetable. It's sort of convenient. Yeah. But for people, so that was that's there for people with physical illnesses. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is, with people with mental illnesses, it's not there. It definitely it's not, wasn't no. my experience of no. it being there. No. 
So, no, so is is it is it there in the, within the NHS to deal with that, or is that something you're trying to help make happen? Or? Well, I'm trying to help make it happen because I've since been promised that um, actually the particular hospital involved has made a pledge to time change, okay, um, which is an anti-stigma, mm-hmm. anti-discrimination yep. campaign mm-hmm. going on at the moment. Yeah. Um, we talk about them all the time. Yeah, they're looking at their policies and stuff, and with yeah. that they look at people with mental health problems, which is kind of having a positive come out of a negative. Yeah, and you know, I might have I might have have to walk out of my job, but at least I know that maybe hopefully for people going in in the future that they wouldn't have to suffer for what I've suffered yeah yeah because mm-hmm. it might just be a simple case of like when I when I worked as a social worker for nearly five years is I just realized that I don't have the capacity all the time to do it and um, that's not necessarily a bad thing and so I don't think people should be discriminated against for not necessarily doing what other people can which is like a full-time job and all this kind of thing because especially as I'm sure you relate to me is that having a mood disorder is that you, you have no guarantee how you're going to feel so it's that's the worst part about it I think um, the first step is is honesty and I like yourself whenever I've, I've applied for jobs I've been brutally honest and say I have an anxiety I have P- PTSD um, I'm not saying that that was the real reason why I didn't get the jobs I applied for, but I think that's often the first step to, to people, you know, if we're going to ta- tackle the, the workplace stigma. Um, but you see, as you say, you've been honest from the start and you feel let down that it was yeah. never taken up seriously. I kind of thought about it afterwards and kind of thought would have been different if I hadn't yeah, said exactly. anything. Yeah, that's what I was thought thinking. It would have went against my models in any way because yeah. I always tell you to be open and honest. Yeah. And it's kind of like... People aren't going to be open and honest with you if you're not mm. going to meet them halfway. Exactly. But also your point is, there's a wider point to admitting what you have, is that you hopefully we'll reach a point eventually in society where you can say it and it's not a problem. Yeah. Now that would be lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and um, do you agree with, because we, I mean, I, I'm sure you agree with the assertion that mental health should be in schools, because we talked mm-hmm. about this with the previous guest. Um, so do you agree with the assertion, because we see this all the time, is that mental health should be treated on a par with like sex education, because yeah. basically it's, it's comparing mental and physical. I think um, if you, if you target it at a, at, a, at a younger age where they've got more of an awareness of it, yes. so that they, they know rather than, and they could maybe help friends later in life, or, yeah. you know, that are struggling and things like that, I think if you're in a bit in the book, because it's a very generational thing, yeah, yeah. kind of stigma that comes across. I mean, I know my, my granddad's generation, you wouldn't even talk about mental health, you know, you would, yeah. you would put in institutions and that was it, you never seen the light of day again. Yeah, yeah. And that permeates <laughs> through the generations, and if you don't target that, at an early age, then it's always going to be a massive problem. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna continue the cycle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's really good. So I guess in a positive sense, because you were telling us about what you do now, do you want to briefly say about yeah, that? So, um I struggled a bit while I went on the sixth, so I went to the recovery college in Newcastle, yep. and I became a student there for a while. And in January, I am now since January, I am now a peer support volunteer for the recovery college, mm-hmm. and I am a senior carer within the community. Brilliant. Yeah. So, so something positive came out of your positive situation. Your situation. Yeah. I mean, we can make this argument. I don't. I don't want to speak for Ricky, but like, um, you know, this project. I mean, I was going for a particularly bad time before this radio show came to be, and it was like a positive out of my situation, as that I got you know, asked to do it, and it was like something to, something to, perfect, yeah, really. something to do, and something that felt uh, meaningful. Um, so I think like stuff like recovery. No, you absolutely whatnot, speak um, for me on that same. No, no, as well, yeah, totally. Yeah, um, it's definitely benefited us in terms. I mean, we've become friends now as well, and all that kind of thing. But I've just set up my own group as well. So oh, right. yeah, I've got my own uh, group called Social Saturdays. Okay, and we go out once a month and do an activity. That's cool. Once a month, so it's something is it that any? I can take ownership of. Is it no? Cri- there's no criteria. It's just you, no, you can no, come if you want. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Where do you do that? Um, um, 
Well, we'll go, we'll, we normally meet at George Street Social, okay. which is in Newcastle. It's a dry bar in Newcastle. Right. Obviously, since now that we've planned the activities that we're going to do for the rest of the term, we'll just meet in that particular place. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a close group at the moment because we've got enough people going in, but something that I'm wanting to run every term. Yeah, no, that would be brilliant. Good for you. Good for you. What I mean, would your like advice be to someone listening right now who's gone through that same discrimination in the workplace and don't know where to turn to? Uh just don't give up mm-hmm. don't give up and challenge that that the stick try and ch- challenge it yourself try to go to the places that i mean i was in a union and they were um quite helpful and i actually continued that procedure after i left because i didn't get the result that i wanted mm-hmm. and um sorry to say or sorry not to say that the actual perpetrator has actually been sacked now mm-hmm. yeah um, that's good so <laughs> it's very rare I say that, but yeah. <laughs> it's just as hard. Don't stand for stigma and discrimination yeah. in the workplace. A little too late, though. I think yeah, you made that argument. Too yeah. too it is tough. I mean, you know, if you're in a union, I guess that's helpful, but not every workplace has yeah. such. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and I think the roundabout way. I think the good way of ending and generalising this point is that it would be great that one day we reach a point where you know if I'll you say take a sick day for being not time very mentally well if you go on the time to change website yeah. we do have a list of uh, things to employ- do yeah. they have an employer's team I actually, well, yeah, I actually contacted which, them as well when yeah. I was going through my and thing. They, they can help you through that as well and mm-hmm. going out to do um, training with employers and stuff. Um, I guess like the really really quick thing I want to say because obviously you've worked in the NHS would it be fair to say because we want to make sure we cover both sides is that the NHS in general the people that work there you know, they, they, there are people within that organisation that do a good job. It's yeah, just they all, it's just yeah. the random people it's just, that you know. There's always one bad apple to yes. ruin the crop. Yes, and I'm not here to say that the that the hospital that I worked at was um, all bad. Yes, because it was things. That I mean, we're all we're all big fans of the NHS, but it's like yeah, we need to highlight the things which are bad within to help it strive yeah. and get better. I think and and the asterisk would be we're fans of it if it works it properly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I always I think say we that all have good and bad stories. Yes. I mean, I know I have mine. No, no, exactly. Yeah. That that yeah. you've hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what I was referring to. Is we often talk about our experiences and what we went through. But I think the asterisk we should always say is that it's not necessarily the organisation and the people that work in it. Yeah. It's the individuals that ruin mm-hmm. it, like you just touched on. So it's good to say that because we don't want to like mm-hmm. say that we're, we're bashed NHS or you know all the staff well, that we, do it. You know. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not for much. I mean, the conservatives have the way. Not much longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see how the general election goes. Um, But anyway, so um, thanks so much for thanks so much for talking. You've been incredibly brave. Thank you. Fantastic. So yeah. And I think that's a good example of stuff that maybe is put under the radar, not talked about enough. And so, Mm -hmm. thank you for willing to do that. And obviously, I'm assuming it wasn't wasn't uh, easy to do. So just thank you for sharing that, and thanks for coming in. Uh, thanks a lot. Right, um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to play some adverts uh, and then uh, a song, and then we're going to have Mal, who's a good friend of the show, to come in yeah, yeah. Uh, to wrap up the show in the second uh, hour. It's been a bit of a reunion this show. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reunion! Mm. Anyway, so yeah, uh, so we're going to play some ads now and then a song, and then we're going to be right back in the studio, and you're listening to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191 
select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Your only Bollywood station in Newcastle. Spice FM 98.8 FM. Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Oh, what you gonna do? Do you wanna get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Do you wanna get out? Oh, what you gonna do? Oh, 
down on it. Welcome back to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. And obviously you're listening to the great Mentally Sound radio show. Um, I'll just make sure that doesn't play because we're going to have some high society girl, whatever that is, in the background. Um, Which would be a nice little bit of a musical interlude. Um, But yes, a huge thank you to, um, as I say, a huge shout out again to Vicky because that was really good about coming. That was a really brutally honest interview, that one. And it turned out to be really, really good. It seems to be like, I I know that planning is really essential, but whenever we do interviews that end up being last minute, we always seem to do a really good job. It always seems to like kind of work out. So maybe like... Spontaneity goes a long way sometimes. Um, And I think it's nice that she got the opportunity to talk about, you know, NHS and what can happen and the mm. discrimination towards mental health, which is yeah. something it's very difficult sometimes to get people to say stuff about that. So anyway, but yeah, an old friend of the show is in uh, our brand new studio. So I guess that's the that's the um, that's the nice starting point as well. Ask him what he thinks. Uh, but it's, we're here out to talk to Mal. Uh, so Mal, welcome back to the show. Afternoon. Uh, yeah. We were just saying before, it feels like a reunion day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, lovely, the studio as well. Really, Thank you very really much. Nice, really nice yeah, show. we're really, really pleased. It's definitely an upgrade from the old one. Um, and I guess, like, do you remember, I-, I was trying to wreck my brain when I heard you were coming on, like, do you remember how long ago it was you were on last time? Ooh, yeah, it would have been uh, August last year. I think. Wow, so quite yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So at least what I don't know, my maths is terrible. Like eight months or something. Oh, yeah. something more, more well, than that. Best part of a year. Best part yeah. of a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh well. So I guess the obvious question. Uh, that I know I'm meant to be a presenter who asks really intelligent <laughs> questions. <laughs> but what have you been up to since then? <laughs> okay. Well, I'll give you give you a good summary. Um, I think last time was on. We're just, we're just about to have we're, we're fifth birthday for Northeast Athletic, which is Brilliant. a recovery based uh, yep. football team. Uh, that went off really well, and we were able to raise about 500 quid for Sport and Memories, nice. uh, which uses uh, reminiscence to, uh, to for people who maybe have got problems with memory or dementia. So indeed, forth. that was uh, that was a lovely thing about putting something back. Um, it's it's gone on strength to strength. Really, the football uh, we're, we're still around sort of five boroughs. Um, nice. We're still involved with. Uh, Street FA, which used to be the Homeless FA, uh, mm-hmm. linking through, and um, we've had some lovely links in with non-league clubs, mm-hmm. um, particularly South Shields, um, oh, nice. who've just been to Wembley, mm-hmm. and um, John Shaw, who used to play for Gateshead, has oh, yeah. been fantastic. I know, I, I know yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, know of, I know of him. I don't know absolute, him. Absolute, yeah. star. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, doesn't. He's, who does he play for now? He plays, plays for South Shields. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, and he's uh, he's a coach with both Gateshead and Middlesbrough as well. Oh, right. um, mm-hmm. And John uh, basically just came a, came into contact with one of the lads, and uh, their kids played together. And he's just been tireless, really. He's, he's managed to collect a uh, kit, which at the end of a season from, from different clubs, and probably had about £2,000 worth of kit, which we're able to um, to basically donate this to people. We're, we're just talking to Steve before about uh, they've got a kick around it up at uh, Meadowell Connected. There's bits of kit that we can give them, you know. We've Brilliant. We've done that with a veterans uh, group, yeah. all sorts. So basically what it is, is it um, It just, it's again, it's it's a club's sort of helping each other. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've also been involved uh, recently with um, something called Team Talk, uh, which is Middlesbrough Foundation's uh, work that they're doing to to reduce male suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, we were talking about this earlier. That yeah, the hi- that we're not the highest, apparently, according to the lady from oh, Samaritans. Uh, but we, 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 well, apparently it's in North Yorkshire. North Yorkshire, North Yorkshire oh. now. Oh. Uh, we were talking to the lady because uh, um, Caroline from um, Tyneside Samaritans. Yeah, because we, she touched on the. Because I asked her the question about you know maybe maybe that's what you're getting onto is that um the younger generation of, of getting the opportunity to talk to them. So I guess football is a really good yeah. example yeah. of that. So is that what you? Sorry, that I didn't. It, yeah, it. yeah, it's uh, um, basically uh, we're just be, being invited on to. Talk make those links with non-league clubs because uh, Middlesbrough and Sunderland uh, the foundations yes. are looking to work with public health and, and um, uh, NEMDU which is uh, it's a collection of mental health professionals to look at actually developing something whereby uh, we're able to get the message out about just looking after your mate you know and, and yeah, asking yeah. those questions mm-hmm. reducing isolation and so forth yep. and um They've done it in Redcar with, with lads who lost their jobs through the steel industry, and maybe it's a bit older than, than the group that we were yeah. with, but uh, it's been fantastic, you know, real good support there. I'm just looking to see w- whether it's possible to roll it out, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, uh, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. been great. And uh, was, we were just talking <coughs> before about um, Colin, who you've had on the programme as well, Colin Dolan. Yep. Uh, Cracking lad, Everton do fantastic stuff with yeah. with mental health, um, and uh, you know he, he's he's been great in terms. Have of Everton FC sent, set a benchmark? You think that other other clubs Absolutely. ought to follow? Then Absolutely. Um, <coughs> what are they doing that the other clubs aren't? Well, what they've done is they've they've really gone um, gone into it seriously, and um, they've 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 got various sort of community um, community schemes, and and they, they actually employ about 140 people, believe it. Or not wow. across uh, various uh, various across Merseyside, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but but what they do is they've actually got a particular tie-in with uh, the mental health and well-being groups, mm. and they've got a lot of money from the local sort of uh, clinical commission groups and so forth. Yeah. But the dead sort of professionally generous, if you like, you know, they've always been supportive to us. We go across to Goodison like once every six months. Um, it's just a lad who we're, we're both new who sadly passed away and it sort of celebrates his life yeah. and then what we've done is you know that we're aware that they're helping groups um there's a group from derby county group from wrexham the wrexham group's just gone to munich and they've been playing over there and it's fantastic yeah. you know that just the developments that people mm. make you know and it's uh, it doesn't have to be good at football or anything it's, it's just that sort of whole kind of forging thing. them links within the community totally yeah. totally yeah mm. so uh, is an element of because i mean the obvious thing when you know mental health's involved is it's just well as you said com- camaraderie but also the the um which i was gonna make that joke is the brazilian footballer isn't it <laughs> <laughs> but um but uh, i don't remember what that's from but anyway but no is exercise as well, yeah. you know, a key part of it because, you know, that's often... It is, it yeah. is. I mean, sometimes, you know, when we deal with uh, sort of funders, they'll go, oh, well, it's really good because people have an, an hour to get away from all the strife and all the things, but it's it's more than that. I mean, you know, it's it's actually being part of something. Um, it's getting a bit exercise, you know, getting getting back to remembering some of your childhood stuff really as well. Mm. Um, and it, I mean, keep saying it, it just works really. You know, yeah. you've, got, you've got, like, the FA Respect Agenda... Where instead of having to put ground rules down like we're doing a group or something, you just say, "Look, you know, he swore there, didn't sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please, please don't, <laughs> don't, don't get, fi- or, or we'll get fined." Oh, I get <laughs> yeah. myself there. Uh, but basically, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> can't find the <laughs> can't find the abbreviated word yeah, there. Like, 
<laughs> if you're better than somebody, yes. you know, if, if you uh, don't, don't sort of you know set yourself up above yeah. them. Um, but I was going to say, is it a, is it a, is it do you do you play competitively? Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, we've got um, we'll have a, a team um, which plays in the Corinthians League. Um, oh yeah, and uh, every single one of them teams has been brilliant. You know, yeah. there's um, we've had in five years we've had three incidents where people have been saying, "Ah, oh, you junkies, you this, you that." Yeah. You know? um, and that's, I mean, that's not bad, is it really? You're always going to get that, yeah. I think, regardless of what you do. Yeah. And, and, you know, the whole way through, they've been, they've been fantastic. And the, the irony is, you know, quite a few of my pub teams as well. <laughs> you know, it's a recovery <laughs> thing, but they've been brilliant, yeah. you know, and they've supported us. And we'll have a, a monthly um, a social inclusion league. We'll have uh, lads who come up from Leeds and, you know, a couple of teams up from Leeds and from all around the region. And there's always a Corinthians League team come, you know, right. just from players to, to come and support it as well. No, that's thrilled. really cool. Right. Yeah, because um, we should say that um, Gary Pollard, I don't know if you know him, but um, he, he does a lot of stuff within in Middlesbrough. Um, and uh, yeah, we've went. I've went down a couple of times and sort of represented his his team, oh, and yeah. just it's great. It's it's great. Just like get a bunch of people together. I mean, t- to be honest with you, I mean, it does kind of uh, suck in a sense that you you do get a bunch of teams who are like you know B teams of like really really oh, good yeah, organisations. Right. But like we did fairly well, and we just did it for the experience. And like um, I, I really enjoyed doing it. It was a really oh, good thing just to get together and play a bit of football. Mm. I know we touched on this last time. Yeah, um, but the homeless World Cup. Mm. Has that happened since? Was it? Uh, when, no, when it's just about to happen. It's going. To, uh, the, it's Oslo this year. Uh, right. Glasgow was the last one, right? Um, which was the first one I've ever been able to get to because normally it's the cost prohibitive. But uh, we had three of our lads uh, who were the manager, the welfare officer, and for one of the matches, the captain, which was brilliant to see. Yeah. And one of the lasses was uh, she was a captain for the for the women's team. Uh-huh. Um, but they're, they're off to Oslo this time, and, and Dave McCormack, who's uh, who's sort of our coordinator in the region. Uh, he'll be the England manager again, you know, which is great. great. Um, he's Scottish, like, but he doesn't seem to realise that. <laughs> <laughs> um, as long as you can understand him, I think that's the right. only thing. But that's, that's been great as well. It's, it's such yeah. an opportunity for people, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and also, you, you you said to us before we started uh, doing this interview that you have an app that you want to talk about. Aye, aye. Um, now, it, it, it's not in any way connected. I've, I've got different hats on with different things. It's not connected to the football at all. But basically, what it is, about four years ago, um, with some of the service users um, and people in recovery in, in Newcastle, we, we had a, um, a series of, of events where we tried to look about the things that were important for people in recovery. And it's not just commissioned agencies; it's not just the NHS, because it's it's all the other things. It's it's maybe the leisure centres, the churches, the libraries, the cafes that people have found have been helpful. And what we try to do from that time onward is is to look across the northeast and, and look about you know where people have found recovery yeah and that that's not just recovery from addiction it's recovery you know recovery mental health recovery and so forth such as the stuff with Rococo you know it's it's all the stuff there that that, that helps people We've, what we wanted to do was to get something which came from people with lived experience as well so it's not a professional directory it's actually something that that people have put together saying this has helped me um, so it's a case of signposting in a sense very yeah. much very much because we've had the discussion before regarding signposting from the, the guests from the West End that's an initiative I want to set up there yep. here and there as well yep. it's it's extraordinary that there are these places out there 
but a lot of people are just unaware. Absolutely. So how how does this app going to work? Is it right, well, social we'll media? It's, yeah, it's basically what we've got is we we did developed it with Newcastle University uh, Open Lab. Um, Andy, Andy uh, Garber over there has been fantastic, and it's now at a stage where you can actually uh, just go onto uh, the App Store uh, with Apple or Google Play and download it. It's called Deek, and Deek particularly with the northeastern um, <laughs> connection of have a look at. Yeah. Um, and basically what it is is you can you can download the app but we've realized as well for some people you haven't got smartphones so what we're looking at is we're also looking at having a presence with twitter with facebook and with a website we're also looking at postcards for people so they can contribute um but for it's basically it's it's exactly like you get uh what's that one called trip advice or something like that you yeah, know when you're yeah, looking yeah. for a hotel yeah. uh you basically you put your input in a little bit of a uh you know, you just give it stars and a little bit of a... Because those are essentially our databases, aren't they? they with all databases, that, yeah. that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. But we've realised that that just picks up geographical uh, mm-hmm. things. So, so what we're also, it's important, is is, uh, is phone lines, is, is support groups and mm-hmm. so forth, which is why we've also developed um, the the Facebook uh, Facebook page where we can actually sort of say what's going on, you know, what, what's around the region. And the the website where we can we can have sort of phone lines. Mm-hmm. Um, accidentally, I've got to say, it wasn't <laughs> part of the design. We thought <laughs> with the Google Maps, it would just be the northeast because it's primarily for the northeast. But with Google Maps, obviously, you put it on; it's a whole world. And we thought, oh, there we go. But we have had people who have gone and have seen what's happening uh, in America, uh, in Holland, uh, um, South Africa, uh, Australia. And so it is actually possible for them to include where they went so people can learn from that right, as well. Right. Um, I have to say it wasn't meant to happen, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, been quite... So it was meant to be a local thing. It was. It's turned out to be worldwide. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so, you know, obviously what we're doing is we're, we're, we're looking at... And, and how we're trying to do, we're, we're basically getting people, pizza and a cup of coffee or whatever, and trying to get groups of people uh, together to, uh, to do that because first time we did it, as I say, there's... There were seven commissioned agencies in, mm-hmm. in Newcastle. People identified 180 resources that okay. had helped them, you yeah. know. And it's it's that breadth of, you know, the asset-based stuff and, mm-hmm. and the advice and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a fairly simple idea, but it's just really how it, it it's put into practice. So we're, we're looking essentially for... Um, user-derived content for, mm-hmm. for a directory. Mm-hmm. Which sounds amazing. Like, I mean, it's... Uh, so, I mean... It, how does your like process work in terms of what you come up with? Do you just sit there and brainstorm <laughs> stuff? Because you know, or, I mean, because you do you have like a team you of people the light, behind the you? The light bulb moments. Oh, every right, yeah, yeah. Right, that's, a, that's a good question. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, good. I'm, it's I'm, interesting. Well, I'm just developing my own website because yeah. I've just thought I can't describe what I do. Basically, um, <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah, I mean, you really get other people do it for you. <laughs> no, but we do. We do. Basically, what I do is, is what, hopefully, I work in uh, in partnership with. Uh, with people who've got lived experience of the yeah. issues, because um, my background is is sort of all the, the commissioning and the strategy and all that malarkey. Like, and uh, but what what it so I can I can do that bit of the job, you know. Because one aspect of your background was the was it Northumbrian probation. Was yes, that? I was. Oh, okay, that's well. Well, <laughs> we try and do our research. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was a probation officer for uh, about fifteen years. So, how do them sort of skills transfer to you? What you uh, I think one, yeah. To be honest, I think the thing with probation, it's uh, it's changed a bit now. It's a bit more sort of process driven. But what it is is you can just if you treat people with respect, you get some meaningful 
yeah. relationship, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you also get some good stories as well. Like, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it was a good grounding and um, so less bureaucracy and red yeah. tape kind of thing. You just direct, aren't you? Well, they introduced national standards when I was there, and I thought, oh, it's me. I'm, I'm right. away now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you couldn't get like the the sort of bits where you, you met people in the street and so forth, yeah. and hid around the bushes, and which I've done. <laughs> and the cast people, it was all very much office based, you know. And I'd say she's fine, but it, I, I, I looked at something a bit different. That's where I got into drug and alcohol work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I mean, um, so what do you think, like, because um, we've asked, I think we've asked every guest that's been on this show today, is that, like, what do you think, I guess, because obviously we do a mental health show, is what do you think, like, is the biggest hurdle for for, for us to, to get over in terms of, un- peop- like, sort of the society in general kind of, like, accepting it as part of our culture or... and. and mm-hmm. Do you mean the pr- through the prism of meals yes. and football? Yeah, but, well, yeah, even not. Well, I mean, you can answer it specifically, or even just in a general. Because you mentioned sense. Everton before. Yeah. I mean, there's been a recent uh, Aaron Lennon mm-hmm. very kind of. Oh famous, yes. Yeah. yeah, he came out and yeah. said he was yeah. depressed, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the reaction to that, w- I was quite astounded because it was quite positive. It was yeah. like people kind of sticking up. There was a. Before you answer, there was a really there was a there was a I mean Aaron Lennon's a in England international, but or at least he was. Um, um, there was a very famous case. There was a guy called Sebastian Deisler. This was like in the two thousands, and he played for Bayern Munich, mm-hmm. and he was twenty four, and he was regarded as pretty much going to be the next best German player. Mm-hmm. And he just decided, walked into Bayern Munich one day and said, "I can't do this anymore." Okay. And then, uh, and had he had he apparently his previous club was aware that he had yeah. mental health issues, yeah. and he just he quit. He never played again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is more common than people think. Didn't oh, yeah. um, uh, Claude Carlyle yes. do a thing about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. but yeah, what do you think? Like, uh, I, mean, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, you probably know what I'm going to say as well. Yeah, a lot yeah. of it is stigma. Yeah. Um, but like you say, I mean, the difference between you think how the sun, pardon me saying that, like the sun treated Frank Bruno. You know, yes, and, and, yeah. you know, and, and, and the sort of response. Well, even like with, with Paul Gascoigne oh, and his, his, his... I mean, they've ruined our yeah. life, you know, just chasing him around. But mm. I, I think the thing is that it it's now at the stage, hopefully, where it's not even accepted to make a joke of it or make, you know, yeah. the derogatory comments. And, and I think that's, that's really good that clubs are stepping up to do that. But I think there's still a bit about... Uh, it can't be a coincidence that there's so many young male... Um, people before you know. football um, cricket mm-hmm. uh, was used I mean uh, Marcus Trostrothic yeah. I read his book and I was oh. like wow this is this is almost like me except I'm not yeah. a professional cricketer <laughs> but I could certainly identify yeah, much totally. what, what he went through and cricket for a time a few years ago seemed uh, to be a, a great um, space where people can open up mm. it, it took a while for football to yeah. crack that yeah um, have we reached that stage yet? With I think we're getting there. Yeah. I think I think the fact is, um, I mean, I'll uh, give a shout out to really is like called Steve Colhoun who uh, works at Foundation of Light, and just what a wonderful bloke! Like you know, mm-hmm. in terms of actually being able to uh, to talk to people, he's not a mental health professional, he's, yeah. he's a football coach, but um, to actually uh, normalise things, mm-hmm. really, I suppose, you know, make people feel comfortable. Um, that just wouldn't have happened ten years ago, you mm. know. Um, yeah, and the foundations do do a 
cracking job with that. Because we were talking before, like one n- initiative that new, new NUFC have got is with social, you know, helping local food banks and so forth. Yeah, so yeah. I suppose oh, I'm, I'm involved with that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We were talking about Isaac Hayden. Isaac Hayden oh, came right. out. I think it was in the Chronicle or something where he mm. was saying how he's in the we off had, season. We had yeah. the West End food bank as a guest. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, since I Daniel yeah, Blake, it's become that's uh, it. Well, fully enough, the at the at the Irish Centre was the Supporters Trust. Uh, yeah, a couple of the cast members came along. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. brilliant he wraps up <laughs> so that was my way of doing that it was the start of dancing yeah. but no um, that's uh, so in terms of the app what's it called and how can it's people find Deke, it it's called D-E-E-K okay okay and obviously it's on like you know your iPhones and all yeah, that stuff yeah, on iTunes yeah just go through iTunes, usual, Apple and yes. uh, Google uh, yep. and we'll link there through to Facebook and Twitter brilliant and when's your, uh, do you have a, a football tournament coming up or anything uh, or? yeah every month uh, it's the last Thursday of the month uh, down at Durham University and uh, if anybody was particularly interested just go on my website uh, which is uh, www.northeastathletic.co.uk Hello everybody, this is Stephen in the post-production. What actually happened in this show is because we have a two-hour block, it only recorded up until uh, 2pm, so we went slightly over by about a minute or so, which the radio station is not hugely bothered by. Um, So all that was left to say in this show was, Mal, we said goodbye to Mal, thank you for coming in, as you can hear, we're wrapping it up. Um, So all it leads me to say is a huge thank you to all our guests that were on this show, to Simon and Terence, and to Vicky and... Uh, Caroline from some, from the Samaritans and Mal who you just heard uh, just to, to remind you that the app that he was referring to was called Deke and you can find it on iPhones and various other things as he just mentioned huge thank you and as always as everyone says finish on a song thanks guys
throw the key away No matter what they say All for a better day